0: What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The mushroom hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The jungle television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order so take advantage of that check out the uh the jungle television instagram cruise alex's designs um they're very very dope and next level appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing let's start the episode
1: Looking
2: down at
1: the uh,
0: what is happening everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of the iTunes charts, giving it more visibility on the national and international levels. And it'll help strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. I really appreciate all the people that have already taken the time to write those reviews. It only takes a couple minutes. You only have to say a few things. And uh, I cannot stress the importance of it enough. So thank you to all those folks that have done it already. And uh, I appreciate the hell out of you just for tuning in. If uh, this is your first time checking out the show because maybe you know Nick Harris, who is my guest here on episode 230. Um, Welcome aboard. Episodes are coming at you every Friday. Usually interviews with uh, musicians, bands, um, and other creatives. Recently had some comedians on, which is uh, what led me to uh, having this sit-down with Nick Harris, who's the GM of the Portland Helium Comedy Club, which is my favorite. One of my favorite places. I was going to say favorite comedy club in Portland, but I'll just go ahead and say that this is one of my favorite places in Portland, Oregon. Uh, When I moved here almost eight years ago, I uh, started going to this club right away. I went first just to go check out the open mic because a friend up here had told me how good it was, and it's one of the best open mics to go to. Um, It's super fun and uh, just a cool way to, to see, you know, some people doing it for the, their very first few times or seeing somebody that's maybe doing it for a year and starting to really craft some good jokes is uh is a cool thing to observe and even when man when people are bombing that's i think that's the best part about going to like an open mic for comedy or just uh quick sets of comedy in general because when somebody is bombing it's it's hilarious and it's uh you know that it's going to be over soon. So you don't feel like you're stuck with it either. So you just actually enjoy how terrible it is. And uh, so I'm obviously smoking weed again because I just went on that tangent. But the point is Nick Harris is on the show. So welcome to all the first time listeners. And for all you, you know, long time listeners, you loyal listeners, um, this is, Such a fun chat and, uh, something I had no idea what to expect going into this thing. Um, as I was saying before, uh, this marijuana misdirected me into telling you about open mics at Helium, what I was trying to say is that I love Helium Comedy Club. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite places in Portland and, I know that during this time of the pandemic, businesses, especially those in the entertainment field, you know, the entertainment venues um, are taking pretty heavy hits during this time when you're not able to have gatherings, and uh, so I just kind of reached out to Helium and asked if anybody would be willing to, to talk to me. Uh, I just wanted to figure out some way to support them in this time and uh, just kind of find out how they're handling the pan- pandemic and, and how people can support them because it's a, it's a spot in Portland that uh, I definitely want to see survive and uh, make it through these these tough times, these tough, strange times. And I found out a few weeks back when I had Jake Silverman on the podcast, who's a local Portland comedian, that uh, Helium had started doing shows again. And so I just wanted to find out how things are operating, hopefully give people uh, just some understanding, I guess, of, of how the place is operating so that maybe you, if, if seeing comedy is something that you like to do or maybe uh maybe you love Helium Comedy Club as much as I do and you want to uh you want to maybe try to show up to a show, but maybe you're apprehensive because you just don't really know how they're handling things. I just wanted to to give the opportunity for someone to kind of speak to that. And uh what happened was just a really cool um opportunity for me to get to know this dude nick harris and um to find out nick had been there for a long time and and uh started as a door person and uh moved on up into this gm position and just to find out how much he really loves comedy and and just the environment that uh he and the rest of the staff there at helium try to provide um i talked to nick about it in the conversation but i just always hear comedians speaking so high of uh the helium comedy club and and how well they are taken care of and and just how much they love the the setup of the club and yeah, I've, I love stand-up, and I've seen so many shows at this spot. Some of my favorite stand-up shows that I've seen ever have uh, have gone down at Helium. And uh, I understand if you're not ready to go out of the world and go, go into these entertainment-type venues yet, but um, it sounds like Helium is doing a really great job of how they are uh they are approaching this situation if you go to a lot of stand-up shows you know that often you get sat maybe at a, at some sort of common table you know really bunched up against another group of people but uh they're only selling tables at this point so that will not be the case and nick took me into the showroom kind of showed me what it looks like and kind of how gutted it is you know these uh these spots are very spaced out from each other, so it looks like they're they're doing a great job. So if you're feeling inclined, you want to go see some entertainment, you can you can go see some comedy. There's some really amazing acts coming up. Some of my favorites are coming through. Jamie Lee is there this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's still tickets available for that. Uh, she is amazing and. Who else is coming through? Taylor Tomlinson is coming through. There's only two shows available that are not sold out for that, but she's here on uh, November 19th through the 22nd, and then Aries Spears rolls through. Steve Byrne. I want to go to one of these Steve Byrne shows. Um, he's here the 26th and the 27th of December, and uh, one of my other favorites, Sam Morell is uh, going to be here the first weekend in December. So I'll put all the links in the episode notes so you can follow along with Helium Comedy Club and you can check out all the comics that are coming through in the near future or take an online comedy class if you're interested in doing some stand-up. If you're just trying to, uh, you know, keep yourself active during these weird times and you just want to do something strange, do one of these these online comedy classes over at Helium. And can't thank... Nick enough for jumping on here and chatting it up with me. I had such a fun hang with this dude. Cool opportunity to get to know him and uh just a really fucking nice guy and uh really appreciated the hang. And I'm gonna play episode two thirty in with a clip from Jamie Lee. It's her her don't get married bit. So I'll put that here at the top of the episode. And I will play the episode out with a bit from Sam Morrell's Comedy Central special, which is streaming for free on YouTube. You should definitely check that out if you're a stand-up fan. It's uh, really dope, really dope. And, God damn, it's November. It's November 4th today, and I'm still unsure of who won the election, so I don't really know where we're at. I'm recording this a couple days earlier than its release. So, unsure of what that situation is. Sober October is over. I'm smoking weed again and it's pretty wild. I uh, that that one month off really reset the uh reset the tolerance. I'll tell you what. Feels like space land every time. I have to like be careful when I smoke weed now. Usually I'm so functional and can just do everything. So uh I really have to uh I have to think things uh through a little bit differently during during this adjustment, this adjustment period, but uh like burning one down here in the intro. Um I'm not sure if the results of this were were positive or or negative. I'm not really sure. I just thought it would be uh thought it'd be nice to Update anybody that's been following along with the, the Sober October Chronicles, which has become the intros for this podcast the uh, over the last month. And that's where we're at with it. And I just hope that everybody is doing all right out there. Hope you're hanging tough. Still pretty strange times going on. And man, eight months or so of this COVID lockdown isolation stuff is uh it's been an interesting time but yeah hope you're finding finding something to keep you busy and uh keep you in good spirits and uh i hope this conversation is something you can uh, escape into for an hour and maybe have a couple laughs or just think about something else than the, all the madness of the world right now so we're gonna jump into it episode 230 nick harris is on the show From helium comedy club here in portland oregon and uh playing the episode in with a little jamie lee who was at the club this weekend if you are listening to this on release day and you need something to do this weekend you're itching to get out of the house helium comedy club still doing the thing and uh, you can get some tickets right now let's do the damn thing
2: let's just say the past year has been interesting i got married um so yay okay let's all fucking relax um I'm like do you know what marriage is it doesn't end well like even when you're together it's like but are we um no it's interesting like i appreciate i appreciate the applause but like it is weird though anyone married here married people here When you got married, didn't you notice like there were people who were so excited for you, you were like a little creeped out? Like this one girl, she was like, oh my God, Jamie, I heard the amazing news. God, so awesome. How did you know, girl? How did you know he was the one? I was like, uh, when I was 32 and not married. <laughs> just kind of hits you, you know? There's not a lot of puzzle piecing that goes into this. It's not like a world of whimsy. It's just kind of like a sad reality. Like, have you ever been to a wedding where, like, the bride is wearing a tiara? And you're like, I'm sorry, what are you the princess of? Giving up? Like, what are we doing? Are you the Kate Middleton of settling? Calm the fuck down. Like, you have a problem. She's like it's my big day i'm like it's your medium day like relax you idiot you fucking toolbox saying to someone saying to a married person like how did you know he was the one that's like going up to a first grader and being like how did you know you wanted a my little pony it's like when britney ashley jennifer and jennifer's friend got one okay like the horse isn't that great. I just don't want to be the only bitch without something to brush. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I'm coming from. I don't know if that's a soured reality. Um, I am. My husband's great. I um, he's great. No. Um. <laughs> No, it's fun. I, I like being married. I really am. I'm very like pro marriage. I think it's really great. Like you you really like, you know, you start to like build a foundation and that stuff's exciting. But um I'd be lying if I said I don't like constantly think about hooking up with other people. <laughs> and and I just wanna put it, it's a it's a very normal thing and I wish more people would talk about it. But you know what? It's not that the hooking up, it's a very specific thing that I crave. It's not like the touch of a new person. I don't give a shit about that. It's that when someone doesn't love you such as someone in a hookup situation, when they don't love you, they're willing to take a risk. You know what I mean? Like, my husband won't choke me because he, like, wants me to live or whatever, and that's, like, fucking basic and irritating. Like, I miss, like, the hand coming up, you know? And you're like, oh, my God, is he going to insert an Invisalign? And then it just stops at your neck, and you're like, ah, this is so much hotter than straight teeth. And, um, you know, you're like, take my breath away. Like, it's just fun, you know?
0: Yeah, stoked to talk to you, Nick. I've, yeah, very I,
1: happy to be talked to.
0: I uh
1: yeah, I moved out to
0: Portland almost eight years ago and I've been coming to this this club ever since, man. And okay,
1: so you and me are about the same timeline because I started working the door here two thousand twelve. Okay. And uh yeah, I've been here ever since.
0: Damn. So you, you worked your way up the ladder.
1: Uh or fell down it. I don't know which way to look at it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh yeah, I like I stumbled into this job and uh When I came here, it was when Ron Funches was still here, Ian Carmel was still here, um, Gabe Dinger, Todd Armstrong, like all these people who at the time were superstars. So I was uh, um, thrust into this world of like, wow, this is amazing. I love stand-up, and I get to see it intimately. And I, you know, just hung on ever since.
0: Yeah, man, it was cool coming up here around that time because I knew who Ian and Ron were even coming up from – outside of the LA area because I was starting to hear about them from other comedians. Maybe they'd be on somebody's podcast. And I'm just like, so when I got here and got to see those, those dudes here, maybe even on, on an open mic night, you know, running, running some sets, it was, it was like mind blowing to me. I was like, this is Ian Carmel. Like I know who this dude is. This is Ron Funches. And now Ron is on top of the world.
1: I mean, yeah, these, those dudes are, can write their own ticket at this point. Um, I was noticing because I've hung up the calendars since we opened and you could see, you know, all the acts that we've had every week. And to see people like Ian and Ron and Shane, uh, Torres, Sean Jordan, all these people being able to open for acts. I think that helped us a lot, too, where before Helium was around, you would never have a chance to mingle with the Bruce Bruce or uh, Kyle Canane if you are a local comic. And so I think we were able to kind of thrust Portland as a scene onto L.A. comedy New york comedy and so forth to where it kind of became a cool niche place to be that was right around the town uh time uh bridgetown started up and that was the coolest shit you could ever be involved yeah, in man. my Kai curse
0: you can say whatever you I, want well it's not it's whatever Censor program <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: still at helium i won't say whatever <laughs> i want but yeah like 2012 it's interesting that you came up here then because that really was when it was like holy shit, this scene is amazing
0: yeah man i remember Mm -hmm. hearing about the bridgetown comedy festival i was so excited i only got to go maybe one or two of the years before it went away but yeah that's just a such a cool time to be around when you've got all these different venues doing comedy, and you're seeing all your favorite comedians are hanging out at the same bar, just right. one of the local neighborhood bars.
1: And not even your favorite comedians, but you're meeting people like um, oh, like Maggie May or uh, Marcelo Aguello and you're like, "Whoa, these people are hilarious!" Like I saw um, Jamie Lee at, at a thing five six years ago, and I didn't really know who it was, and I go, "Oh, this person's brilliant." And then you could kind of follow it along. Like Montreal has shit like that. Right. And Boston has shit like that. And all these places had cool festivals and we never did. So when we got one and to see the city go out to these places and pack these shows out, it was amazing. It was really cool and really helped the scene, I think.
0: Yeah. And just listen to the the comedians even prior to getting up here. I knew what Bridgetown was. Right. Because they would talk about this dope festival that went on in Portland. <laughs> and it's like, this is a festival you gotta go to.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think the people of Portland, from what I've heard, are wonderful audience members. So last year, uh, before everything shut down, we had a lot of people coming and running their hour specials before they went and filmed them. Uh, Dan Soder did it. Um, I was Wendy here, for the, I was here for the Soder one. Uh, who else did it? Uh, Best Stelling ran it, like right before she filmed it. Because what they're saying is coming to Portland, hearing it in front of this audience really test it and they'll let you run around and do what you want to do and then when you film it you have a little more comfort in what you're putting out as it being a good product
0: absolutely mm-hmm. so when you got a gig as as just running the door were Straight you door. Uh, were you a comedian a,
1: a fan mm. of comedy at that huge point? fan huge fan so when i was a kid i used to fall asleep to a uh, comic view and i'd watch you know uh what the fuck was that shit live at Gotham and all these different so I love comedy. Yeah. But I never thought it was a job per se. Right? I, I thought either you were a comedian, which I never want to do, never want to be, or you or that, you know, I don't know, you were a sleazy dude with a cigar, you know, I'll book you kid for 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I never I I come to see shows here but I never thought of it as a job. And I was I guess I was going to school and I was I was getting unemployment so what I would do is go to all these jobs and I would just bomb the interview I think I showed up to the interview here in basketball shorts like I was like there's no way they're hiring me hey you're hired fuck I don't (laughs) want to work I'm going you know this is horrible so my first three four months here I thought it was the worst thing ever and then I started to realize oh actually you can make a career out of this like you don't have to necessarily be a comic but you can make a career out of this and kind of embrace the world and have fun. So to come in eight years ago and to be like, well, I love comedy, but it's not a job to figuring out, Oh, you can work in this industry. um, Yeah. It's, it's a dream come true. For sure, man. Um,
0: I like this club a lot. I've seen a lot of shows here. Thank you. um, (laughs) I just, I just think it's like a very cool environment and, it's a laid-back environment, as right. far as maybe uh, you know, not not always threatening the two-drink minimum and like well, you know so doing your best to 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 get what you need to keep this club running, which I totally yeah. understand, you know. And and often, I mean, a ticket to the comedy show isn't quite as expensive as it would be to like go see a big band or something like that you know or if
1: you're going to um the keller or something like that like at most our tickets i think are 40 i think the highest ticket i ever saw was 45 for uh chappelle it was like 42 for aziz when he so it's it's very very achievable right like of course you know people out there having hardships i'm not trying to say anything but if you want to come see a comic that you love that would perform anywhere else for $90, paying 40 you know, is kind of beneficial. And we got rid of the two item minimum, I wanna say four years ago, cause you, you get to the point where you're like, why am I making this tough for you? If you wanna come, you wanna enjoy it, great. And most people don't go to comedy shows every night, right? It's not a thing where you're, I'm just gonna go see this act. Most people are coming once or twice a year. So when they come, they're not necessarily thinking, I'm going to sit in the back and not do shit. I want to come have a drink. I'm with my, you know, my friend or my partner. They'll have a drink. We'll have some, you know, some nachos. We'll have a good time. So it felt almost bullish to force those 25, 30 people a year who didn't want to get anything to either get something or get the hell out. And I've seen it at a lot of clubs, even the the comedy (laughs) stars. I got to see someone get kicked out for not getting any items. (laughs) Um, Where, pro tip, if you want to not get two items, give the server $20, order a bottle of water, you're fine. Like, you know, it's very simple. But this person was being a jackass and they, like, kicked them out. And I go, this person might have came from wherever to come see a show. Uh, I don't know if they're a broke or what, not, but, all right, you're not getting two items, get the hell out. And, like, that again, made me feel like, all right, maybe it's not the smartest thing to push somebody to get two items. Now, we need you to don't, whoever's listening to this, don't come and be like, I'm not going to order nothing. That's how we shut down. But you don't have to feel like, you know, I'm going to crack your neck if you don't order something when you're here.
0: Yeah. Or somebody's going to harp over
1: you the whole time and be like, hey, you've only gotten one thing. It's not worth it. Right. You're like, if, if a server has to deal with you and you're being a pain in the ass, it ruins their night you know what i mean so i try not to let one person ruin a whole night for not only the server but then the usher who has to like kick them out right. and then you know it's it's nonsense you
0: got plenty of other people to cause a ruckus without the the <laughs> minimums anyways you know that's like the that's like the big thing of of going to a comedy show man is is observing the crowd and how people feel like they should be talking while someone's on stage or feel like they're the ones that should be voicing their oh. comments why someone is on stage is, is uh it's very interesting to watch and i don't know if maybe it's just maybe because i have a lot of the perspective of listening to comedians over the years talk about these experiences it's just like really understanding that like yo just come to the club shut the fuck up and watch what's going on in stage and if you're talked to you know, if someone's doing some crowd work, that's when right. you—that's when you chime in. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I work at a brewery. Oh, that's interesting. You know? Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember I saw um, what was it knock around guys where he's talk when Vin Diesel's talking about I've been in 500 fights, and I've kicked out 500 people probably two times over. So it's I'm at the point now where I forget most of the kickouts. Where someone has to be like, Hey, remember that time you kicked that lady out and she? Uh, Through the you know the drink at someone and then you had to grab her and then she grabbed the steak like I guess like it's happened so many times in that kind of range where you're like yeah I mean I've been hit with glasses in the head it's been crazy
0: it's funny because then they're just like
1: wait what did I do dude <laughs> there's three things there's one I was helping the show two I can't laugh and three I was doing nothing <laughs> I have never kicked someone out and had them say, "I guess I was getting a little out of hand." But you have to kick these people out. I mean, I hate hecklers. I they maybe more than anything, I hate them as people, and I don't wish them well. I hope they go outside. I hope their tires are slashed, and uh, you know, not not to wish them ill, but they ruin the show for 275 other people. I mean, granted, that was before COVID, when we could be, a, you know, sell out. But one person can completely disrupt, uh, disrobe, disrail, disrupt the show for people who paid money to enjoy it. And it, to me, that's so selfish and so ridiculous that I take pride and joy in getting that person the hell up out of here, so people can enjoy the rest of the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one thing when when the comedian gets to uh, fire back at the heckler, and you get the the one or Two good moments, but after that, it's just like, yo, what are you even, what are you
1: doing here? I, and truth be told, I don't know if comics like firing back. It's they have to do it, right? Because if someone is like, hey, do you like impressions? Like, yeah, be a funny person. You can't just be like, you know, crickets, crickets, because then you lose the audience and that's over. You have to keep the audience engaged. But aside from maybe a couple of people you'll see on YouTube, who're like, I'm destroying hecklers. Serious comics don't like doing that shit. If you go to a Dave Chappelle show and you're like, Dave, he hates you. Yeah, he can and roast you. Out. Yeah, he can roast you. He can kill you. The whole crowd will get on his side. That's not what he's there for. And it's cool that comedy seems like it's happening in the moment and woo, look how quick and... Yeah, they are. But that's not what they're here for. They're here working out their material and for you to dis, you know, disrupt that again is fucking asinine and I hate you with my core that you think that I could come in this showroom and ruin it for all these people. Yeah. It's like going to a a movie and and someone being on their phone where, you know, yeah, you have the right to do it, I guess. But now I can't see Iron Man die at the end of Avengers. Like you're (laughs) ruining this for me. So I think people just don't understand comedy club etiquette. And that's cause like I said, they go out maybe once a year, but 99% of people are great. For sure. It's that one percent. It's awful. dude.
0: Last time I think maybe one of the last shows I saw here was Joe List. Oh, I love Joe. And there was a couple next to us having a full on fight, oh. like not super loudly, but they right, were right next to me. <laughs> so I, I'm just like, are you guys really having this argument right here? Yeah, it was it was unreal. It was amazing.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. It's, one, it's alcohol involved. So, you know, you get one drink in you, and you, you'll talk a little different. Two, I think it's the dark room and people feel like they can't be seen. Yeah. And, uh, and three, I think it's just people are like, you know, I'm living my life. Who cares? They're not thinking about, about other people. For sure. So but- the fastest I can get them out the room, the happier I'll be. And nothing makes me happier than someone being like, yo, I've been here twice. The first time there's people talking to, you know, around me. This time you kicked him out. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and I I also know how much the the comedians appreciate you being active about that and not just letting somebody keep talking and disrupting the show. I I mean, that's obviously your job to make sure that that the comedian is happy too and having having a good time when they come to this club and don't think when they come to this club that the management doesn't give a (laughs) shit about how the show production goes. Well,
1: not even the management, but for me – all the way to the person working the door, we're caring about the comics experience. So how I run I, I you know, I don't know how I ended up being the general manager of this club, but somehow I am. So it's imperative that I make sure that it's ran as I believe a club is supposed to be ran. So to me, the first person on the list is the comics. If they're happy and if they like the club, they'll continue to come back. And if they're happy and they like the club, they'll tell other people, yo, you gotta work helium. And then you get things like, um, Aziz Ansari coming through after he did the uh, Keller show, or um, Taylor Tomlinson is coming up uh, two weeks, and her and Kelsey are friends, and Kelsey was here, and I think Kelsey might've been like, yo, they're taking COVID safe, and I like that place. So then Taylor will come through. Um, so if you treat the comic right, things will be better. Next is the staff. If the staff is happy, and you know they're, they're treated fairly, and, they, and, um, and they're appreciated and loved, they have a better time. That's just human nature, right? And then thirdly, as much as I hate to say it, it's the customer. If the comic is happy and if the staff is happy, the customer should be happy. And if they're not, that's on them. You're having a good comedy show with happy staff who's here to help you. Why the fuck are you not happy?
0: Yeah. And and when I was talking about enjoying myself anytime I've ever come to this club... Which again, thank you. Yeah, I've just also... I always hear this club spoken so highly of mm. on podcasts hosted by comedians about mm-hmm. the helium comedy club whether it's the portland one the the philly one philly there's one buffalo. buffalo
1: one um there's a couple other you know but uh st louis uh, riley
0: this one gets love all the time for just being like such a well-ran club and and just a club that's set up really well so do you have uh any insight on like why is this place special in that way
1: why are helium's period or why is this one let's go with this period.
0: one this is this is the one that that you <laughs> that had the experience with you know? um
1: so i think that uh, so i when we used to do press i ran press with all the comics so i would take them to you know all the um, interviews radio stations blah, blah, blah. so i get to a chance to talk to them like yo how are things going you know how is this weekend how is this set up and You know you're in when they're like, oh, man, this reminds me of this place in, uh, I'm trying to think of a city, not to offend, I'll just make one up, of Jonesville. And they only had this and the manager, didn't. so you hear the negatives um, of like, okay, that sucks. And I'm not trying to learn by my own mistakes. I mean, I I will, but I'll learn from other people's mistakes. So if you're dumb enough to um, not go into the green room and introduce yourself to a feature and I hear about it, you can bet your you know yes I will not make that same mistake. I'm gonna make sure that this place is warm and inviting, and and here for anybody who wants to be in comedy, and that goes from uh, the top of the top to someone coming and doing an open mic for the first time.
0: Yeah, man, the open mics are probably been some of my favorite nights being here. You know, showing yeah. up to a, a free night of comedy where you're getting to see some really killer comedians. How does how does that that lineup work for? The helium open mic night because it seems like there's always a pretty high quality uh yeah list of folks that that jump on those
1: well so if if a a comic works here as far as a host or feature they can always hit me and be like nick let me get on right so that it's usually about 9 10 11 comics who you know are funny so that's gonna help and then i've seen every open mic there's i haven't missed the open mic in Seven years. So I have an understanding of who's funny, who's not, you know, and you can kind of put that together and try to make a show that flows. And we used to do it where uh, we would go three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, seven. So it was from, I don't want to say the least funniest, but I will, from the least funniest to like the most funniest, right? Like it was a hierarchy on the list. For sure. Now it's more of a, you can land second, third, fourth, Because what happened was uh, The crowd was coming in late Because they're like I'm not trying to see Someone's first time But I think it's important that You know The crowd is there For the whole show And not just coming in As a concert But coming in to watch The whole show I think the crowd being Excited and happy to be there Also helps with the open mic I mean We have Well again R.I.P. to You know normal But When we used to have open mics We would have 70, 80 people at a mic Yeah man And that's unheard of and that just goes out to people in portland loving comedy and the fact that we're able to give good open mics people keep coming yeah I
0: think, and i just think this place has built just such a solid reputation and i think outside of the open mic the the lineup is very representative of that like throughout the year
1: yeah i mean um the owner books you know well i wish there was you know things i could change on that just like anybody would but i think that being able to Bringing A-list talent really helps galvanize the city to come out as far as, oh, I can't miss, you know, um, whoever. Like, Felipe Esparza was just here. If you are a fan of comedy, you're like, I can't miss this. I got to come to that. And then you see, you know, somebody or, uh, let me think, who was just here? They get all mixed up. Anyway, what happens is you're coming to see uh, Jared Freed. You're a fan of him. I want to go see Jared Fried, And then you see Dan Weber open for him. You're like, oh, that motherfucking dude is funny. He lives here? And you see Todd Armstrong feature. Oh, that dude is funny. He lives here? So the fact that you can see these people who live in your city, that helps also push the open mic and the Wednesday shows. Because you're like, oh, I didn't know. And I I used to have a show on cable years ago, you know, before the world ended and what they were doing is like, yo, can you just introduce the city to these comics because we didn't know, which blew my mind because if you like, we're f- fans of comedy, so you can't tell me, oh, did you know this guy Chris Johnson's funny? Like, yeah, I know Chris Johnson's funny. <laughs> but for the people who come out one day a year, they don't know that. So you have to introduce these local comics to the people so that they're like, oh, shit, this scene is dope. I'm going to go out and check it out.
0: Yeah. So do you have... Do you get to be involved in
1: any of the booking? So for me, I book the, well, the headliners, the weekend headliners. Most of that's coming from corporate, which is fine because you got to go through agents and all that. Nonsense. Yeah. So when we used to have the off night shows, Sundays, Wednesdays, I would book those headliners. The open mic, I, um, I would book all that from the signups. And then uh, the host and the features I usually book. So you 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 do get
0: the opportunity to book the host and the features for those those headliners, right. When they're coming through,
1: if they're not bringing somebody, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's pretty often that they are not bringing anybody, or is it pretty split that they're bringing a feature with them?
1: So when I first started, twelve or you know, two thousand twelve, it was almost unheard of for someone to bring a feature. Like it just they'd be like fuck you you're working with my guy it was more of a don't come over here you know bringing your friend because then your friend's eating all my chicken strips and drinking all the jameson and i don't want that
0: it's going to cost them money exactly perhaps, to bring them along
1: yeah mm-hmm. and like standard uh practice they don't put features up and it's like a you know it's a thing where i don't want to do it right but now it's much more prevalent prevalent and um i kind of dig that because like so Jared Friedu just headlined here Michelle Wolf brought him okay I didn't know who he was I got to meet him I got to talk to him I built respect for him I like him so if he was just traveling through town it's like hey I'm here on a Wednesday can I do a show oh yeah man I love you come on through right it, so when people bring their features it gets you a chance to kind of branch out um, but I still do think it's important that local people get on shows
0: for sure and with that said how do you know that someone is ready to host or feature <laughs> for someone that is a headliner because you got so many big names coming through right. here. And you obviously maybe don't want to be on that list of of clubs that always books the, the hackiest host uh, or feature.
1: Dude, I luckily for me, I hate hack. So that helps. I think there are people who are like, well, you know, he always – Ask whose birthday it is, and like if someone hosted here and asked if it was their birth, I'd fucking freak out. Like, (laughs) I there's a certain level of, um, hey, let's be funny that you know I I expect anyone working here to have, um, but I, I I've asked this question to so many people like how do you know when someone's ready to feature? How do you know when someone's ready to host? And no one has a good answer. It's almost like um. You know, hey, how do you know if a song is going to be popular? Like, I can guess, but I just don't know. So for me to let's just break it down. Like if you want to work at Helium, you have to embody what this club is for me. So first off, you're, you're going to be funny. That's you know, I see you all the time that that goes without saying, but I need people to be uh, it's a thin line between professionalism and having fun, which here I think you should have a foot on both sides. I think that you should have a passion for comedy. I think that you should uh, be around here enough to know people, have respect for the place, and then just want to continue. I I think it's important that someone doesn't want to just reach a, let me host here and then I'm good. It's like, no, let me keep getting funny and keep improving. So as far as how do I know when someone's ready to host, first feature, I think that you're just around enough and I get to know you and then I'm like, okay, you're at that level. You're ready. That's where it
0: becomes super important for you to be showing up to those open mics, too, I would assume, where you're really getting to see these people perform to a crowd that right. is not necessarily there to see them. They're just the, <laughs> they're just they're just the just, audience.
1: They're there to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, the nice thing that I like about being able to move people in the open mic is you can kind of put someone up close to the beginning and see how it goes. You can let someone kind of come in after someone who's like super uh exuberant like how do you ride that wave and you can kind of see how people how how they work behind and in front of different people for sure uh but I mean it's just it's a hope at the end of the day like I I, I hope that this works and you could kind of be like I think you'll be good with this headliner and I think you'll work well with this headliner but it's I hope you know because you right. can not have anything happen or you know um a headliner comes in and they're in a bad mood because their dog died, and then you're like, "Well, this person is the wrong person to have in that green room because they're like bubbly." And you know, it just doesn't. There's so many different things that go into it,
0: and it, maybe they want to geek out with this this hero of theirs or somebody
1: that's really like s- striving in the business, right? And then the the <laughs> the headliners around me, like, "Yo, what the hell is up with this person? <laughs> is there
0: a separate green room right. for me?"
1: So there's just it's at the. At the very, very, very end of the day, this is a workplace. We're very lucky that it's fun and we're having jokes, yeah. and, but it's a workplace. So there's a, a a weird dynamic with, I hope that you can work together, not just be funny, not just do what you're supposed to do when you're on stage, but I hope you can get along.
0: So You you obviously, with the headliners, have to deal with a lot of different... You interact with a lot of different personalities.
1: I mean... Yeah, they're basically the same personality, not to say, you know, stand ups are one and the same, but it's mostly the same kind of personality.
0: Yeah. Have you always found yourself to be a people person or or someone that is good at, at navigating different folks and connecting with them in, in a way so that they do enjoy their time spent here?
1: Yeah, I think I get lucky <laughs> that it just kind of works sometimes. Um, I think a, a reputational help with. If you have a bad time with a comic, that person tells another comic, "Yo, this guy Nick, he kept talking about, you know, sawdust." And I was like, "Why the fuck do you keep bringing up?" And I keep bringing up sawdust. <laughs> so then, when that person comes in, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, we're just looking at the sawdust." Like, okay, this sucks, right? So I think knowing, being around long enough that people know, all right, Nick's cool. The the best compliment I ever got was someone said, "You're not a dweeb." Thanks, and I think that's all you have to be. It's just not a dweeb like i i want you to come here have a good time but i'm not gonna be in the green room with my feet up hey let's take this shot like I, I, there's a bunch of routes you can try to go to impress the comic yeah and that to me that's not the route like let me just do what i'm supposed to do you have a good time and then you'll respect me and we'll be all right
0: and normalizing them and not you know just treating them <laughs> like a like a, another person to, yeah. to some degree
1: right uh, um after you after you're around long enough, that kind of rubs off. I think, um, let's see, the last person that kind of was like, whoa, was Bill Bellamy. To me, I remember being a kid and watching How yeah. to Be a Player and stuff. And he was the coolest, coolest dude. And I asked him a million questions about it all. But at the end of the day, you can't. I need to stop saying that. At the end of the day, I need to stop saying it at the end of the day. <laughs> um, when it's all said i'm just going to speak in cliches from this point on it's all good i don't
0: (laughs) usually title the episodes except with the the, just the name of the guest i'm just going to call this one at the end of the day oh how prophetic (laughs) at the end of the day with nick harris Uh,
1: well so with bill i was like yo this is really cool but i can't treat you like uh so i have to treat you like a person and we have to be able to work together and i have to be able to tell you hey my man you're doing 50 minutes i'll give you the light at 40. like you have to have respect for people uh, to a level that's not adoration, even though you can adore some people. Um, and then there's people you hate, and you just got to get to that. <laughs> you just got to oh, move there's, through. There's been three for me. Um, one of them is fine, but the other two I'll never uh, – Just
0: rubbed you the wrong way. Dude, I'm <laughs> telling you.
1: I'll say his name. Um, no, I won't. No, but there was a comic who kept telling me to have the stool on the right side. And I was like, "All right, man. Stool's on the right side of the stage." The next night, hey, make sure the stool's on the right side. Yeah, yeah, it's on the right. Second show, hey, I need the stool on the right. It's on the right. Si- and then I was like, All right, "I gotta be. I gotta get away from this person." You got the message, right? Well, because for me, it was like, "All right, well, now you're not respecting me as a person. You, you're casting me off, and now I, I can't. I gotta do the same to you."
0: Yeah, for sure, man. It's like, was it there when you asked it to be there the first time? It's then there the
1: whole time. It'll it's keep not- being there. I know it has legs. It's not walking. It's staying on the right side. And so for me, yeah, it's a respect thing. So I'll respect you. Let's have a good weekend. But I I need the same in return.
0: Uh, Outside of that Bill Bellamy moment. My guy. um, Being a comedy fan growing up, what what have been some of the other special moments for you? Uh,
1: It's weird. I don't know if my special moments... Like, if you would have told five-year-old Nick, hey, man, you'll manage a comedy club. He would have geeked out, you know, he'd have been high on candy, and he would have lost his mind. But now, you know, 30 years after that, I think the special moments to me is when uh, I saw Shane Torres win Portland's Funniest Person Contest, or when uh, my man Sean Jordan was here a couple of weeks ago and we were walking through the calendar and being like, oh, that was when Zach Disconti first hosted. Like, it's moved almost past a, a thing of, like, oh, I got to see Dave Chappelle to where it's like uh, Shane Torres was my last true hug before COVID hit. Like it's things like that. Or I had to call Amy Miller um, a, a couple of days ago about something like the fact that she would talk to me and, like, and give me advice uh, or texting someone and be like, yo, how you doing? Like to me, that has been more magical than anything. Yeah, just building those,
0: those real relationships with those people that you've watched kind of rise up.
1: Exactly. Like, we're all kind of coming up. And uh, my man, Adam, who used to manage the place before me, when they moved me up, I, I text him and a couple other people like, yo, I'm, I'm doing it for us. Like so it's, it's become, uh, I guess, more special than just, yo, I got to see, you know, Bill Bellamy or uh, John Witherspoon or all these people you I You got idolize. to see John? Oh man, John Witherspoon, he was here when oh, it was, I pee. Pee. Uh, he was here when it was snowing and his flight got delayed. And to hear pops from Friday be like, oh man, they <laughs> they killing me, man, my flight. It was so funny. And then I had to drop him off at his hotel. He almost fell on the ice and broke his head. And I was like, if John Witherspoon dies with me around, what so yeah, like there's so many cool special memories, but in twenty years when I'm telling someone about John Witherspoon, they'll be like, who? So, you know, you take that with a grain of salt.
0: How long have you been the GM, man?
1: So, I've been the GM now for a year and a half. I've been a manager. I was operations before that in 2016. So, a while at this point.
0: So, prior to COVID, mm-hmm. what was your day to day like? Like, what do, what do you.
1: Oh, it was what so are you beautiful. Oh, I miss it. Um, so, prior to COVID, it's, I mean, it's almost like directing. So, there's people in place to do, I won't even say do, to succeed in what they're trying to do, right? There's people who are very good at doing what they're supposed to do here, and all I have to do is not get in their way. Uh, so, most of my day to day is setting them up, putting them in places to do what they're good at, and then paperwork, and then booking comics, and then uh, maintaining relationships with vendors, and a bunch of unsexy building stuff. I mean, it's. It, <laughs> you can make this job look more glamorous than it is, but it's, it's really not. It's a lot of nuts and bolts. And,
0: uh, yeah, what's it been like fighting through this Ugh. this COVID crisis and, and how has your position changed and your role what? evolved because of it?
1: So when we first closed down in March, it was maybe a month of what are we doing? No one knew. And then we kind of started doing online shows and I got to be a part of that and kind of help with that. And then when we're like, all right, we're reopening it. I almost got maniacal because I'm like, in my mind, everybody has COVID. You know, every single person I've ever seen currently right now has it. So my goal is to make sure that they don't give it to anybody here that I love or people that I don't know, or people just trying to have a good time. So for a month, I was (laughs) just fastidiously thinking, how do I prevent it? And coming up with ways to make sure that everybody's safe and healthy, but that it would still kind of be fun, right? So the showroom is gutted and it got, it's weird to me because I was taught to have the room tight and compact and it's laughter and it's fun. And now it's, it's like a, I don't know, like a, a slumber party, and it gets so spread out, and you can kind of put your feet up and relax. And I had to get used to that, and I had to get used to the show times being different, because uh, you have to be done, and you know, with food and drinks and all that by 10 o'clock. So we had to move our show times back. So now we're 6:15 and 8:45, which is weird to start a show at 6:15. Yeah. It's like, so there's so many little things that I never thought. I guess mattered, I was like, yeah, 7.30 and 10. These are the show times, this is what's going on. So to move those in, or, you know, we sell tables now so we don't necessarily sell chairs so you can't sit with other people and we don't have to worry about going over capacity. So like that was, there's just so many speed bumps and hurdles that I had to get used to so I could help the staff get used to them as well. You know, and, and having gloves on when you're putting stuff you know, out, when you're taking stuff back in it's a constant reminder of like, mask on to people who are out, you know, hey, what do I, mask over your nose. Like, it's just, it's a lot of reminding people and keeping myself, you know, as I guess diligent as I can to make sure that it doesn't spread to anybody. Cause you know, you're coming to Helium and I guess you're putting your trust in me too not be an asshole
0: yeah man i mean i think there's obviously a lot of weary people right at this
1: point about going
0: inside of places
1: which mm-hmm. you know for good reasons yeah i can't can't be mad at them for it i just got to make sure that the people are coming out even though they're probably people who are less clear about being out and they might be going to bar i don't know what they're doing but i want to make sure that when they come in here they're safe and they're not spreading anything to anybody who's just trying to see you know jamie lee next weekend or whatever
0: Yeah, for sure. And obviously there's people I want to support the club,
1: too, and... uh, Which has been so lovely. I think, like, (laughs) speaking of magical moments, when people come in and they're like, yo, thank you so much, like that to me feels so, so, so dope. When other people can take this place and almost idolize it as much as i do like you know to hear someone be like yeah i love coming here i don't get that anymore so to hear someone like oh dan soda i was at that show i love that shit it makes me feel so much better uh yeah
0: that was i think that soda show is one of my favorite shows i've seen here for yeah, sure that dude is amazing i love that dude um yeah it's uh it's also cool like i didn't even know you guys were still open until I had Jake Silverman on a couple of weeks ago and he told me that he did a show here and I was like oh I I just kind of assumed that helium was closed because all the other venues are closed you know right um and it's but it's cool looking at the calendar and seeing how many of those dates are are sold out
1: yeah I mean we had we've had some big people I got to see Brian Regan and um I mean I never would have saw him probably otherwise Uh, There's just certain people who are trying to tour now and luckily we're open so they could kind of come through. Uh, But, you know, we opened as a restaurant. We're following all those protocols and procedures and we just happen to have a show going on at the same time.
0: Yeah, I would imagine too it's even hard getting the acts, the headliners to even go out at this point, you know?
1: And I wish we were in Toledo or something because being in Portland, shout out to everyone protesting, but people think that it's Baghdad here. the city's on fire when it's existing on two blocks. Right, they're like, how are you surviving? You know, they show up with a flak jacket and they're like, oh, am I safe? So, (laughs) that has also been a hurdle, which I understand and I've talked to many comics who, they're either like, I don't want to really go out, it doesn't feel right, which I respect and understand and then there's also people who are like, I've never really headlined and now I'm working every weekend, this is fantastic. right? So, it's, there's no right answer at this point. There really isn't.
0: Uh Tom Papa
1: here. Love Tom. Recently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? he
0: was here uh August, I think. I was just listening to him and he was uh they were just kind of asking him how it's been going out and yeah. he mentioned this club specifically of just like how safe he felt and how well ran it what? was and Yeah, man. I just uh this is definitely a place that's become important to me, I guess, since moving here. And, yeah and as being somebody that loves comedy so much to have a place you know close to me that's just an awesome place to to see comedy so it's cool to see that response and yeah. like you know know that these these reputable headliners that are coming through are are speaking so highly of it and hopefully that's so that's dope. helpful to the to the audience as well to that's let so them dope. to let them know hey helium in portland is doing everything that they can do to keep you safe. Right,
1: and, and uh, the horrible truth is you can't do everything. You could take every step you can, but there's no 100% safety. You know, right. it's, it's, it's the abstinence is the only safe method thing, but in this we're talking about, you know, a virus. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to do everything I can, and everyone working here is trying to do everything we can, not only to make Tom feel safe, but to make the feature feel safe, to make the audience feel safe. And, quite frankly, I want to feel safe. So, you know, we're not out here trying to cut corners or do whatever just to get a buck, which I think is a great thing that we're like, no, we're going to, you know, have our our mindset on the long term to where I think people who are coming are going to always feel safe here. I hope, right? Like, I went and saw Tom Papa, and it was safe. And now when we're reopened, I'm coming out again to see another fan or uh, another comic that I like. I just hope that, you know, people uh and it's it's great to hear Tom was like yo I felt safe up there
0: is it uh have you been able to bring back most of your staff are you still kind of running a skeleton crew
1: skeleton crew because you you know you go from having 275 people at a show to 100 Max You, you know you can't go over that so unfortunately you know uh pablo my man the dishwasher he he used to be the engine to this place and you know we're not really washing dishes because we're doing all disposable stuff so you know he's not coming back there's a bunch of servers a bunch of kitchen people that aren't getting the hours that they used to and we used to be open damn near every day open mic tuesday local show wednesday thursday headliner friday headliner saturday headliner local shows so it used to be crazy and now it's thursday friday saturday sunday five shows so you know we weren't able to bring as many people back as we want but I, I wish we can i hope soon
0: what do you uh what do you think audience members people coming through this club during this time should know like about their experience here during during the covid times Huh? just I as mean- far as uh you know, just as far as like how how you are operating, and right. you know, doing things like you're talking about, just kind of disposable plateware and whatnot.
1: Yeah, disposable plateware, uh, hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, we have a guy at the door checking temperatures when he checks your ID. Cool. And then he's like, mask on. Then people are going up the stairs. Uh, we're not really um, doing purchase tickets here. So, you know, most of it's online, so we don't have to really pass, you know, credit cards at the box office. They're reminding you, don't take a mask off. We're op- opening up only an hour before the show time. So that way there's no hanging out. It's like you walk in, you go straight to the showroom, you sit down, get your food and your drink. You can take your mask off. Uh, if you're walking around, mask back on. So it's like it's very regimented, which is the opposite of comedy. But at this point, it's, it's what we have to do to make sure that people feel safe. For sure.
0: The way it's got to be. So like this lounge area that we're sitting in, is this bar in operation when people nope. come through? So
1: the only thing we have now is a service bar. Okay. Because OLCC is saying that they don't want a bar where you can go and drink at. You can go like get a drink and then go back to your seat. But yeah, there's no like hanging out at a bar, which I, you know, I agree with. So you sit at your table, you'll have a server come by. We have paper menus that you can fill out. The server doesn't have to get all up in your face, you know, if you do it that way. And then, you know, we just give you drinks and food and hope you have a good time.
0: For sure, man.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what can uh, for the for the people that aren't ready, just aren't ready to go out to these shows yet, but right. do want to support this place because it means something to them. What or, can what can they do to support Helium sure. right now?
1: And I was going to say, or the people who are. Um, going out now but you know hopefully in two months they don't have to go back home right like i'm hoping that we can stay open at this point um but we have online stuff we we're doing these online shows we if you ever wanted to take a class we can do like an online comedy uh, academy class um i mean just keep us in your hearts i guess you know what i mean and (laughs) when we open come back out for sure keep an eye on the calendar. Cause like you said, we're getting great acts.
0: Hey man, you got some killer acts coming through. You mm. mentioned Jamie Lee earlier. She's, mm. she's on the, on the calendar. Taylor right. Tomlinson. you got Aries Spears, Spears,
1: Alonzo Bolden this Halloween weekend. I don't know what that's going to be like.
0: <laughs> Love Alonzo.
1: He's so great. I just don't know what the Halloween week. So in my mind, I think people are not going out. I don't know.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I know they're encouraging even the kids not to trick or
1: treat this year. If a kid trick or treats, man, they need parents what who's trick-or-treating
0: i don't know man going
1: up to people's houses oh <laughs> um
0: <laughs> stoked to see steve burns steve burns one of my steve favorites He's is my man he just had soon. that
1: uh amazon movie come out that i gotta watch yeah the opening act yeah have you seen it no i
0: haven't watched it yet but i'm stoked to see it because i love jimmy o yang and it's obviously Cedric's in it packed and out with comedians yeah. burrs yeah. in it yeah tons of tons of good people
1: we got i think drew lynch is coming in december like it's we still have very good acts yeah you know we're not pulling out uh like i'm not on stage at this point like you know what i mean we still have very good acts that you could come and see um and you know if if you want to come test it out come check it out i promise i'll you know keep you as safe as i possibly can
0: for sure man even like a chris hardwick you know usually he's you know doing a, doing a theater and and he's going to be here for a the few fact nights, that yeah you know? he
1: comes here or you know people who in other cities sell out crazy come and do helium it's it's so cool it's so dope
0: well it's got to be a testament to uh the people running the show
1: man so no, no 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 it's a testament to the people who actually like the people who work here i think are the people running the show like i said i'll just stand out of their way it's people who love this place as much as I do, who have been here for four, five, six, seven years. Who, uh, you know, I don't want to say the heroes thing, but I would say that as much as I would for anyone working at McDonald's.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're the ones putting themselves out in the public every every night, hustling to, uh, you know, provide them with a the cool experience while they're here under these, under these circumstances, and right. it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Indeed.
0: Well, I had no idea what to expect out of this conversation, but this was really fucking cool, man. <laughs> I, I,
1: no, man, I, I told you it was gonna be probably the uh, least exciting one you've ever done. Well, I don't uh, think that that is true. Well, man. then, ooh, to that person who was worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you interviewed a pet rock, but yikes. Uh,
0: well, I'll put all the links in the episode notes for Helium and yourself, and uh, so people can follow along what's going on here. I'd yeah. encourage people to definitely check out this calendar if you love comedy it seems like uh Seems like Nick and the staff are doing a great job of trying yeah. to keep people safe here. So uh, Check you know. out
1: the website. Come in, be nice. That's all we ask.
0: Uh, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which They is, didn't give me the tagline. I'm going to tell you what okay, it is. Don't I worry, worry. I didn't. Man. I, hey, I don't expect anybody <laughs> to know what the tagline is. I was
1: about to. Oh, I should have listened to a podcast that no, had the tagline. I would have, have jumped up two spots in the excitement.
0: <laughs> the tagline for this show is it's a program. It's a program? You already said it wait where does that come from uh it's just like the way my grandfather says like the news program you know does
1: your grandfather say deal could you get that deal off the table
0: yeah i think he does okay but i don't know it's just where's some, he from he's from
1: california yeah that's some like bakersfield shit <laughs> <laughs> program you know you get that yeah, yeah, yeah i don't yeah. know it's
0: just i i feel like maybe it's just part of a, a generation too that would say program instead of program and and uh it's just something
1: he always said around they the were house too busy back then man program is too long he, i'm he, watching the program it's just something
0: he always says around the house even now he'll be like oh, i want to watch this news program before we uh, get to dinner and or whatever and shout and, uh, out to still watching the news yeah you know, it's just like a goofy thing a goofy way to end the show and just giving the opportunity of the guests to say it however the
1: hell they want to deliver it i love it man well one more time it's the program
0: he nailed it, everybody. I'm that a is pro. Nick Harris <laughs> from Helium Comedy Club here in Portland, Oregon. Support them during these crazy times, and uh, appreciate you all for listening. And uh, we'll probably play it out with some some comedy from one of these uh, these headliners that's coming through to encourage you to uh, get your tickets for one of these shows. And uh, that's the Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side, Portland.
3: Peace. <laughs> I saw a dad in the coffee shop quizzing his son on dinosaurs. Like, every 30 seconds, he would hold up a picture of a dinosaur, and his son would be like, that's a stegosaurus. And the dad would be like, good job, Stephen, well done. Why are we quizzing kids on dinosaurs? I've never needed that knowledge ever in my life. It's never come in handy. It's never gotten me out of a jam. Never been driving drunk. Some cop pulls me over. He's like, what kind of dinosaur is this, dude? I'm like, a stegosaurus? He's like, step out of the vehicle. We should be quizzing kids on things they're gonna need in life. This should be the quiz. He just holds up a photo of the same woman, but slightly different pictures. He's like, all right, Stephen, what's different? <laughs> and the kid's like, her haircut? He's like, very good. <laughs> it's gonna get you into so much unnecessary bullshit. It's crazy, you know? Then another photo of a woman, he's like, is she angry? <laughs> and the kid's like, she's gonna say she's not, but I think she really is. <laughs> And the dad's like, dude, you're good at this. <laughs> you're better than me. That's why I only get to see you on weekends. <laughs> My uncle just got his divorce finalized. My mom called, she's like, you need to send him a card. I don't think Hallmark makes that card. <laughs> what would that card look like? Just a dude sitting in a studio apartment, smiling. <laughs> you open it up, it says, we didn't like her either. She sucked. They make the easy cards hallmark. Happy birthday, happy, happy anniversary, the easy to articulate cards. It's never a difficult card. Uh, here's, a, here's a card I'd like to see. Just a picture of Darth Vader shrugging. You open it up, it says, turns out I'm not your father. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into my biological father recently. I told my friend, he was like, is your biological father a good person? And I was like, if he were, I probably would not refer to him as my biological father. <laughs> Most people say, dad. (laughs) I look exactly like him. I show my friend a picture. He was like, oh my God, it's like you guys were separated at birth. (laughs) We were. (laughs) I liked the cool dad when I was a kid. My friend's dad would smoke weed with us. And I was like, this guy is cool, you know? Now that I'm older, it turns out he is not cool. (laughs) Turns out he's a grown man that did drugs with children. So (laughs) quite the opposite. First time I met my biological father, he took me out to lunch, and the place he took me turned out to be a family-style restaurant, which kind of ironic. <laughs> they should make broken family-style restaurants. You just walk in like, where's the waiter? <laughs> I think he abandoned us. I don't know, but... They forget to come out and sing happy birthday. They're like, we forgot, but... We'll make it up to you next year. Another guy comes out, he's like, I don't actually work here, I'm just banging the owner. Uh, (laughs) I'll be your step waiter. (laughs) Is that one too real for the crowd? Sorry.
1: It's a program?